Rick Hills. Episode 18, Nicholas. How are you doing, man? Oh, well, I'm doing well. Thank you so much to everyone. This is episode 18, Plugged In, a Nashville soccer podcast. I'm your host, co-host, Drake Hills, alongside my co-host, producer Nick, a.k.a. Uh, Nick Gray, what's you going are, on? You are the host. No, it's doing well. Funny enough how uh, somehow, someway, Columbus Crew and National SC end up having to play each other in the playoffs. It's, oh, yes. Your your beloved boyhood club. It's going to be interesting. I I hope uh, – I just hope I, – I just hope it's a easy – I hope I hope it's not close at the end because I just – I want to have some peace, some peace of mind, you know. I don't want to have to agonize through 120 minutes like uh, like uh, Nashville SC and Toronto SC fans had to uh, last on on Tuesday. Right. Well, let's 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 talk about let's talk about the news for this Eastern Conference semifinal. Nashville SC Columbus Crew. Let's talk about the news first, and then we can backtrack. Right. Sure. Nashville SC is scheduled to play Columbus Crew Sunday, November 29th at Mapfree Stadium. On the road once again will be their second time going up to Matt Free. However, that is in jeopardy right now. As we were recording, news just broke. According to ESPN, there have been two players that have tested positive for COVID-19 with the crew. That is in addition to the four players that tested positive, which the club disclosed on Wednesday. Obviously did not disclose who tested positive. But now the total as of Friday afternoon is six players for crew that have tested positive for the coronavirus. Now, of course, you're talking about two days before the game. National C is going to travel Saturday, you know, assuming that the game is still going to be played Sunday. Now, this is this is tough here because, you know, when you think about it, six players, you're talking about, you know, you're not you're not you're going from a, a significant chunk of players being unavailable like National C against Inter Miami. Obviously, Miami was uh, did not have Gonzalo Higuain, their best player, at least on paper anyway. They also did not have Federico Higuain and Leandro gonzalez Pires, among two other uh, pretty much reserved players, player reserves. Columbus is different, you know. Now you're, you're past that. You're going from five players from Miami. Now you're at six players with Columbus. Pretty much thirty percent of the first team. For, yeah, that's why. Like I, now, you're now you're talking about now you're talking about your selection for a team on Sunday is now being significantly affected. You can't go around six players being unavailable for the coronavirus and basically um, being dictated by who you have available. You're basically talking about Sebastian Berhalter being your starting center mid next to Darlington Nappy. Depending on who it is, yes. Yeah. Depending on not not assuming that you no, know, we know which players have tested positive or, or assuming other midfielders have tested positive. But seriously, no, this is this is troubling. Obviously, Nashville SC know what it's like to have games interrupted by coronavirus cases. But when you're talking about a playoff match, you're talking about a much smaller window. You can't just simply put this game off and put it on the back end of the of the schedule. Now, I'm being told that, according to the Columbus Dispatch and folks who are familiar, that Columbus is most certainly wishing that MLS will approve a postponement of the match uh, to December 1st or December 2nd, which is midweek, of course. That would, considering 
that game's timeline, that would still be a pretty much three days before the 6th, which is the day that the conference final is to be played. So if you play on December 2nd, you rest on 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Obviously, you would be traveling on the 5th uh, or hosting, and you would be playing on the 6th. So that definitely is, is, is certainly not the ideal position for either Nashville or Columbus, but this buildup to this match is certainly kicking off with a little bit of pizzazz, don't you think, Nick? Oh, yeah, it is. And, and for a little bit more context here, you know, Franklin County, which is the county in, in, that Columbus is located in, you've had already this week, there's been talk about Ohio State football's availability yes. because of uh, a significant amount of COVID positive tests. You talk about several Columbus Blue Jackets players testing positive for COVID or at least in the last week or so and how that is impacting as that team gets together and they start figuring out how they're going to go about things heading into the new NHL year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a good foot for this game to be to start on, but uh, as, as a, as a fan of the crew, obviously I want the crew to be as healthy as possible and hope that everybody there's going to be okay. Number one, but number two, you got to think about, you know, if you don't – who – I don't know who – we don't know who the, the players are. So that is is part of the, the equation here. But you also hope that everybody's going to be okay, that the crew can field some type of team if they are forced to play on Sunday. I don't know what the MLS this – is, this is the, the toughest decision MLS, I think, has had to make regarding COVID – related protocols since probably MLS is back and kicking Chicago or Dallas and Nashville out of the bubble. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I, I would say so. Or, I mean, I, I know we've been talking about Colorado and right. how they pretty much led the Colorado Rapids are, <laughs> they're the primary reason why MLS decided to go from total points to points per game. But I don't think also that was also, I think people kind of already guessed that there would be – I don't think you can really stamp that too I said, Colorado exclusively. Well, no, not exclusively. We're already talking about that heading into these phases of the restart. Like, people understood that if there was one team, there was likely going to be one team somewhere down the road that was going to have this problem. So they would be the ones that would force it, but that points per game would have to be the way the postseason would have to be constructed. Now, I, that's why I chose the word primary, because I do believe that is that certainly is the truth. And it, and it was hard to see a fair and even schedule for every team, considering the circumstances. Now, you know, with the playoffs, I think this is, you know, you, you can't you're for the Eastern Conference is a little bit different because you're already behind the West. Right. You right. The West. The West had obviously did not have a playing round. They just went straight into round one. So if you're Nashville specifically, you've already had to play a playing round. And obviously the conference semifinal against Toronto, which we'll get to next. This, this is kind of like throwing off the equilibrium a little bit because you, you have a team um, that went, you know, back line specifically and Joe Willis, obviously a goalkeeper, but the entire back line of Nashville went the full 120 minutes against Toronto. So playing again on Sunday, 
yes, that would have been tough. But if you got through that game, you could go through the conference semifinal with a week, you know, in between matches. That is very ideal. Now with a potentially postponed match until December 2nd, I would assume you're giving yourself half the rest with a team that's played more minutes than any of your other counterparts. Um, well, unless you play Orlando, then they'll probably be in the same situation uh, in terms of, you know, starting from round one. But still, Nashville SC, would, you know, has played in a play-in round. Orlando City hasn't. Um, so I think in that regard, you're hoping that this game could still be played Sunday because if it is played in midweek, you're giving yourself a lot less gas to go with for the conference final if you advance. Yeah, yeah, but you also that, – and that's something I guess that Nashville SC gets to think about. Then that, that is also if Nashville SC wins the game. Now, I don't think the MLS can really think about it that way, and they're probably not going to think about it that way as long as it isn't a 24- to 48-hour turnaround. I think they're going to try to make sure that game is played to its, oh, yeah. to its entirety. and It will be played. It's just a matter of when. I mean, what happens if we find out on Sunday that there are two more positive tests, and then on Tuesday there's another positive test? Well, Columbus, Columbus would forfeit. That 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 and like that would they, mean the play game wouldn't be played. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. It could it could conceivably be strung along similar to the way that the Titans COVID situation was strung along from a 10 to 14 day period. I hope that doesn't happen. But it, it can conceivably can happen. And it's not, you know, this isn't, uh, you know, there are a bunch of, you know, the number of staffers and players right now around, it's, uh, it's tough. It, it's really tough and it's unfortunate. I hate, I hate for everybody involved here that this has to be to play a factor so heavily. Um, when this is, you know, for Nashville SC and another world, a conference semifinal matchup is obviously the biggest game in its club's history in MLS, but also just could be such a fun time to be a Nashville SC fan. And how bittersweet would it be if they were to have to not play it? That would just be it would be tough. It'd be bittersweet, I would feel like, as a Nashville SC fan. But we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah, we are getting a little bit too far. So let's talk about how Nashville SC got to the conference semifinal against. Oh them. boy, what a game! One hundred and twenty minutes. What Man. a game! Okay, so somebody, uh, um, let let me let me give him his shout out. He is a local soccer referee, of course. <laughs> oh, okay. So I got a, an email from a Mr. George Blank this morning saying or questioning why I chose the word extra time. Okay. He says that the, game, that the wording is actually overtime. Now, call me a soccer purist, but I will answer George's email uh, in question. Okay. Added time, time. Added, added time. To me, and according to the official jargon of soccer at a, at a FIFA level, at a global level, added time to regulation is stoppage time. Right. Okay. That is, that's one thing. Five minutes of added time, yes. Five minutes of added time or stoppage time. Those two terms are a little bit loose. Now, when you go, when you finish regulation, 
and there needs to be two additional periods that are played, that is called extra time. Overtime is a general sports term. I do not believe that it is incorrect, but I do believe that extra time is accurate to the sport of soccer. Call me a soccer purist. I don't care. It is called it is called extra time. All right. So those are the those are the two terms that I use in my writing. So I'll say stoppage time or I'll say added time. I usually say stoppage time, though. But if we're talking, you know, a post regulation period that is called extra time. And that is when Daniel Rios scored the game winning goal. It is. Hani Mukhtar did all the work. Now, he pretty much put Omar Gonzalez in a spin cycle. It started off with Daniel Rios, which is funny. So we're talking the 110th minute, I believe. Um, so Daniel Rios picks the ball up around four, pretty much 40 yards away from goal. He's, he's on the half turn. He first held up the plate, makes a half turn. He plays it to Mukhtar. Mukhtar had made a run in around him and behind him. So Rios plays the ball to Mukhtar. Mukhtar takes a couple of dribbles, a double step over, puts Omar Gonzalez in a spin cycle. Mavinga is trying to come. So is uh, Larea. They're pretty much jogging because they don't know how to get, they don't know how to put a foot in. Mukhtar has double step over, fakes to his left, hits to his right. Now, at this point, Omar Gonzalez spinned his way back into play and had blocked Hani Mukhtar's shot on Quinton Westenberg. So Westberg, uh, had he, he actually, the shot came to him, but it looked like it was deflected by Omar Gonzalez. So it hit Westberg. Westberg saves it. Daniel Rios, meanwhile, is sprinting on a rebound and scores. It is 1-0 Nashville SC over Toronto. They beat Toronto in East Hartford, Connecticut. And in a game where you would have to admit, I'm I was about a- to ask, is, was that like even in the top five of their best chances on Tuesday? No. Well, fun fact for everyone listening, if you did not watch SportsCenter, not top 10 plays, not one, not two. Oh, no. But three. Uh, oh, no. Nashville SC chances were in the ranks. I believe there were four or five. Oh, so no. it wasn't it wasn't it didn't even start at number 10. Like you made the top five rankings of sports center, not top 10. So they had genre Cadiz twice and then they had was it Randall? Leal? No, it was, it, three, was it was all three. It was all three. Header? No, it was all three of genre Cadiz's uh, chances and genre, yeah. and genre high chances. Yes. Yeah. Keep in mind, genre only played 71 minutes. So he he only, he only played about maybe somewhere around two thirds of the match. And he very well owned Omar Gonzalez uh, and then and the Toronto FC back line. I, I did. What, what, what was the text I sent you right before the game? Oh, boy. I'm going to have to look that up. But, yes. Uh, it, was, it was Yonder Cadiz with the more than sign, Omar Gonzalez. Oh, yes. I, I, thought, that was, I thought that would be that was accurate. an advantage. Yes. So, yeah, Yonder Cadiz pretty much owned Omar Gonzalez and Chris Mavinga. And that was a pretty much – it was a soft spot for Toronto the entire game. Now, now of course, Toronto was not on the back foot the entire time. If you go towards – Not nearly. 
I would say probably I would probably say from the 20th minute to about the 40th minute, it was all Toronto. Nick DeLeon not only nearly scored, should have scored from six yards out. Have, yes. Uh, he also a few minutes later was at the at the beginning of a cross into the box. Joe Willis pretty much laid flat on his side, saved the cross, which probably would have given Pozuelo a goal, which would have changed the entire narrative of how Alejandro Pozuelo played. Keep in mind. Pozuelo is an MVP candidate. He's one of the best players in the league this year. I think I heard that a couple times on the broadcast. Maybe just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. But, I mean, you got to think, I mean, going going forward, National FC ruled the end of this first half. Yeah. They come out. Toronto FC gets back on the gets back on the ball. They had a couple of shots. Josie Altador had one from about 20 yards out. Um but then came Nashville SC, and there was a lot of stalemate. There was a little bit of a stalemate in the second half, but Joe Willis had some key saves at the at the latter part of the second half of regulation. And, gosh, Jonder Cadiz, again, he almost scored just before he came off. So, you know, three shots on goal for Jonder. Two of them were, were pretty much guaranteed goals if he was onside. Hani Mukhtar, like he, you know, had one, a header that was – you know, there was literally nobody around him. Right, it was him. Alistair Johnson used the six, the 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 six feet to the left to the right of the keeper. Yes, Alistair Johnston. You know, obviously greater Toronto area native from Aurora. He comes in, in my opinion, arguably has the best performance of his season in terms of in the attacking third and playing service into the box. The That's Honey the, Mukhtar, the Honey yeah. Mukhtar header that went over the crossbar or excuse me, that kissed the crossbar and went over. That was from Alistair Johnson's pristine cross into the 18. He had John Cadiz. He had uh, Alex Mouille. He had a couple of them that were just beauties. So that's probably a really good homecoming for the rookie right back. Yeah. Randall Leal had, Randall Leal had it and missed opportunity. You talked about Alex Mule. Yep. And then you, the, the the tweet from a colleague of yours been right that they that Nashville had it a one point one four expected goals from the seventy second to the seventy fifth minute, which was basically when all three of those chances from Mule, yep. Yal, and Mukhtar went down. Mm-hmm. It just was so frustrating because they were absolutely peppering Toronto with opportunities and chances from about the seventieth minute on to the eightieth. And I think when you headed into the extra time, I think all, I think everybody was, if, if the jerseys, if the, if the shirts had been switched and Toronto FC was the one peppering on those chances and hadn't gotten the goal, I think everybody would have said, Oh goodness, Toronto FC is going to demolish dominate and maybe even win this two or three to nothing after the 30 minute period of extra time. But I think because it was Nashville SC, there was some, even on the broadcast there was some hesitancy to say, "Well, the team that's played better, especially in the second half, uh, you know, they should be the ones to get the edge and, and win this game." And even in overtime, or excuse me, extra oh. time. Oh boy! Gotcha. Hey, gotcha. hey, uh, hey! We're gonna, <laughs> we have to go to we have to go to our guy here. <laughs> We Even to, an extra time. We have to go to our guy, George Blank, here and, and say, Nick Gray is on your side. <laughs> Even an extra time, Nashville SC was the better side and was peppering chances. 
Uh, and you were just hoping that one of them would go in so you didn't have to just absolutely dread the, the thought of, of penalties. Well, let's be honest here. And I actually talked with John Strong about this after the match. And the key here for Nashville SC is to understand if you have and squander the chances. Oh, opportunities. If you squander, if Jean Cadiz dares to go offside three times again on a goal-scoring opportunity and Hani Mukhtar misses a wide-open hitter, you will lose to Columbus Crew. Oh, yeah. You will. You will. You've got Columbus. Look, again, we do not know which players have tested positive for coronavirus, but we're talking what we know, which is the fact that in round one, Columbus Crew, your three, you know, three of your four best players, you know, you've got Pedro Santos, DP, Jossi Zardes, DP. You've got Darlington Nagby, who also scored. I mean, that is, I mean, and Lucas Zellerian is going to be back there too. So he's your, he's your third DP. Right. But you've got two of your three DP scoring, and you've got arguably the best central midfielder in MLS in terms of Darlington Nagby, one of the best box-to-box midfielders in MLS playing in the side and playing well. And if you allow yourself to squander three scoring chances at Matt Free, it'll be a lot closer to what happened September 19th when Columbus got, you know, a two nil win over Nashville. Even though they at, at didn't play as well as that score line. Yes, of course. And the asterisks are Randall Leal was not in the side. You had a pretty dinged up, Midfield overall, uh, you know, Dan Lovitz was struggling a little bit, got his uh, yellow card that pretty much saw him be unavailable for the D.C. United match the, you know, a couple of days later. So, look, the team is obviously m- much more different than it was two months ago, two and a half months ago. But you cannot play and squander those chances like you did against Toronto and expect to beat Columbus. Um, and again, this is assuming that Giassi Zardes and Zellerian and Pedro Santos and Darlington Nagby will be available whenever this game is played. Yeah, and but the, the solace you can take from that if you're Nashville SC is if you continue to create chances like that, and, and while Columbus has been an excellent team in preventing goals, I think the way that the game is going to turn out is going to play somewhat similar to the Toronto game in terms of that it should be about 60-40 possession for the crew or 65-35, I would think, with the way that the crew are going to think they want to play. Yeah, because Toronto – The important part of this is going to be that that when they do get on the counter like they were – and do turn the other the opponent over to make sure when you get the when you're not always going to produce the great opportunities, but when you do, you have to put them in. Yeah, because look, I mean, if you're Nashville, look, you've got six shots on goal against Toronto out of 21. Right. Okay. You've got a possession balance that is 62 percent in favor of Toronto. So that's to your point. Now, I will say I did expect. Um, Richie Larea and Aro Jr. for Toronto to play a lot better, probably give Dan Lovitz and Alice Johnson a little more uh, of trouble. 
Now, you're translating from that with Toronto to Harrison Afool and obviously whether it be Milton Valenzuela or someone else for Columbus. Right. They're probably not at the level of Toronto in terms of fullbacks, in terms of overloading the flanks. Now, you still have Artur. You still have Nagby, Derek Etienne, obviously Zellerian. So you've got a packed midfield. Oh, yeah. Their strength is coming from the midfield. So, but anyway, I think and we should end Pedro this. Pedro Santos off the right, but yes. Pedro Santos as well as a winger. Yes. Yeah. Now, I was intending to open with this fun question, um, but we had some news to take care of. So I'll ask it now. I'll combine the two questions, all right? Yeah. Nick, we are recording on Black Friday. We are. And obviously, there's a lot of purchases that go along with Black Friday. Now, because it is Black Friday, and because we have seen what National FC has done to Toronto FC, would you buy stock on this discounted day of Nashville SC in the MLS Cup playoffs? By the way, buying stock in the ML- in Nashville SC in the MLS Cup playoffs is legal now in the state of Tennessee, so to speak. <laughs> And fact. not to say that I have bought stock on either Columbus or Nashville SC in the MLS Cup playoffs this year, but I would say that I would buy stock in Nashville SC as a whole moving forward in this postseason because of the, the organization. I I don't know what you know. I, I watched mostly every minute of every playoff game that I could, except for. A few a game or two on Saturday last Saturday, uh, but in terms of looking and, and I was looking specifically for organization because I know how well organized Nashville SC has been throughout the year, even when they've struggled. You know they might have been a little disorganized in those few those in the game or two against Atlanta and Orlando to start the year, but I feel like by and large the last two months they have been almost uniformly organized and look the same throughout, especially when defending in their fight in the, in the other, in their defensive third. So I was looking at other teams and with the exception, maybe of Seattle and their performance against LAFC. I don't know if there's another team that is well organized in their, their defensive third, the Nashville SC and given that Nashville SC has finally shown the propensity to produce chances in bulk and put some of them away. I think in terms of in the Eastern Conference, now that Philadelphia is out and given the other other three teams, Nashville SC should be considered a co-favorite in the Eastern Conference. And I would venture to say Given I know that they have had up and down struggles with Orlando, if that is who they face in the conference finals, should they win on Sunday or whenever the game is, I would venture to say that the winner of Columbus and Nashville wins the Eastern Conference and the last cup. Oh yeah, you're you're talking bold. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to clip that, clip that, and have it as a feature for a promo because. You are talking madness right now, Nick Gray. I don't think so. It's not mad. There's eight teams left. Yes, eight teams. And surely I believe that this conference semis with, or excuse me, 
the, the first round or round one, as you call it, with Nashville SC beating Toronto and obviously New England knocking off the Supporters Shield winning Philadelphia Union. True. I think the hard work is done. And I think that goes on both sides of the bracket. You have, you know, Seattle beating L.A. You've got Salt Lake knocking off the dangerous or excuse me, not Salt Lake, SKC knocking off the dangerous quakes. Right. So, sure. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that the work has been done and that it's more of downhill momentum who can be sliding down the hill faster than the other. But I will not say that the winner of Columbus Nashville will be an MLS cup or excuse me, that will win MLS cup. I will say that surely Columbus or Nashville, regardless of who wins will be the favorite to appear in MLS cup. But I do not think that anyone is touching Seattle Sounders. But to answer my own question, I will wrap (laughs) this up by saying I will buy stock and I will go down with the ship because I think going down with the ship won't happen until December 12th or or the very earliest December 6th. I do have uh, a feeling that with all the with all the factors that are that we've been talking about over the past, what, half hour. Nashville SC certainly has a little bit more of a lenient setup with Columbus, obviously, and reportedly having six less players available for him. So we're going to end on that. I've got some things to take care of. I've got some things to take care of. Uh, you can you can end on the prediction, and I'll wrap it up. Oh, man, I need a prediction from you if I'm giving one. 3-2 uh, Nashville over Columbus. Well, I'm going 2-1 Nashville over Columbus. I'm going to get some criticism from that from home. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're <laughs> going to get criticism, criticism regardless. Well, that's been episode 18, y'all. It's in the books. Plugged in the Nashville Soccer Podcast. Appreciate y'all for listening. We'll Live give like you an Drake update. on Twitter. Live Life Drake on Twitter. Find out the latest about the COVID-19 cases for Columbus Crew and obviously what's going to happen with Nashville as they look to get Anibal Godoy back on the side after him hurting his hamstring, of course. Find everything at Tennessean.com slash NASA SC. I'm your co-host, Drake Hills. That was Nick Gray. We out of here.